What up, what up, what up? Peace. This is the Fire This Time Podcast. My name is Akita J. My name is Sonny Teray, and welcome to episode 82. 82. Happy to have y'all back, and just like always, we're going to have my partner in crime, my comrade, my brother, Akita G. Welcome y'all righteously. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again. As normal, always like, share, subscribe, leave a comment. We on all platforms, Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, YouTube, and all the rest Spotify, of Spotify, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We we in all of that. We in all of that. So please, you know what I'm saying, check us out, subscribe, leave a comment, you know, let us know what you think, leave some show suggestions, you know what I'm saying? Something that we can uh maybe build off of. And as usual, and again, thank you for joining us. We here, you know, the day before uh uh I don't wanna call it Independence Day, because mm. the damn sure wasn't ours. Right. But um The Devil's Day. <laughs> you know, the day before the Devil's Day, the Devil's right. Fourth, and uh, you know what I'm saying. So uh, I know people gonna be trying to get on their ribs and all of that stuff tomorrow, even though it's on a Tuesday. So some of y'all might be at work, but we gonna try to give you some heat so you can yeah. get through this week cool and calm and collective. I appreciate that. I can speaking of heat, kind of the diversion from our plan, but you mentioned you know something useful for this week's fire potentially. You know, 4th of July, like you said, the devil's day is tomorrow. And why why are we demeaning the holiday? Of course, we wasn't free on July 4th, 1776. You know, that was the day that commemorates the slave-owning colonist of this country, the United States, winning the war, the uh, first stage of the war, I guess, over their colonial masters in Britain and England, right? So, and remember, this is important for context. This is historical context that I didn't get up until, up through high school, up through even undergrad, right? Yeah. The fact that at the time that the so-called Revolutionary War was fought and ended in 1776, mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the world in Europe and speaking about England and... and yeah. They was abolishing the slave trade. Yep. They was moving away from the slave trade. Yep. And that was one of the prime threats felt by the elite colonists that were mandating the terms of the war and the outcome of the war. Mm-hmm. You had to remember from 1776 and before, all the way up until 1865, African Americans, new Africans were enslaved in, in this country. Yep. By federal law mandate yes sir and even with the 13th amendment we know that you know slavery continued if you are found guilty of a crime yeah so we're not forgetting that either so i can you got anything on that i know that was uh we didn't plan on 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 mentioning that but it's always worthwhile to mention that i mean uh everything you said was right in exact um you know what i'm saying we we definitely can't consider that to be uh a form of independence for us, you know what I'm saying? Um, even as you said with the 13th Amendment, um, even as you said with the 13th Amendment, you know, we're not necessarily free and never were free. You know, um, 13th Amendment was more of a breaking you from a pri- being privately owned. 14th Amendment made you 
publicly on by the state. But the clause in that 13th Amendment, the 15th Amendment just gave you the right to vote to add to the state. And that can be affected also through prison population, which is the news plantation. So, you know, it's a scheme and it's crazy because it's right there for you to see. Like, it's right there. It ain't, it ain't nothing left about it. So, um, you know, of course, people and our people, we mostly take this as just a holiday to get off work and shoot off some firecrackers. But, uh, you know, I will say that, hey, I, I'm actually cool because, you know, we had a Juneteenth this year and it was actually popping. You know what I'm saying? People were celebrating, grilling and stuff. I needed to see more red, black and green flags here. But, hey, you know what I'm saying? Got to start somewhere. We're going to get there. But uh, most definitely, y'all, this ain't our independence. We don't need to be looking at it as an independence for us. It was a beef going on between two colonial masters and the younger colonial master won. That was it. Mm-hmm. You know, we had brothers that was fighting. Families were split up fighting in that war. Some of our own family fought on the side of the British. More fought on the side yeah. of the British than fought on the side of the colonist yeah. army. The, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was also a lot of Native Americans involved in that war. A lot of them, the treaties, matter of fact, the very treaties that ended up screwing them were signed during that independence. Mm-hmm. Most of them came around that with the five civilized tribes. That was the treaties that they ended up signing that turned around and screwed them over. But, you know what I'm saying? So it did a lot of changing in this country, but nothing changed for us. Right, and this is why black historians like Gerald Horn, radical black historians, call that a, the counter-revolution of 1776. Yeah. It was a counter-revolution by American colonists against the global wave moving against the slave trade yeah. and the practice of uh, of slavery as practice uh, in the new world, the developing new world. So, uh, yeah, that's a counter-revolution <laughs> against our favor, against yeah. uh, new African people. Call it, call it, call it the cop. They celebrating the counter-revolution. Right. Hey, it's okay. You know, what so, you know we, just, we just calling it what it is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, now that we got that out the way, uh, we do have uh, two topics we want to cover today. First, we want to touch on briefly is uh, what's going down in France. So, uh, you know, recently uh, on video, uh, a African uh, immigrant uh, in France uh, named Nahil M, 17 years old, was killed on video by the police while he was in his vehicle. Yep. And... uh, it was unjust. It was murder. Of course, if you watch, if if you see the video, which is all over the news, you don't. I mean, it's not. You don't see really what happened to him. You just see the cops fired a weapon into a vehicle. Yeah. But you see the vehicle move slightly. But it was in no way were the cops in way of being harmed. They found an excuse to disarm that firearm. They found an excuse to murder that man. Yeah. That young man, I should yeah. say. Uh, and you know, French had. The French people had already been been up in arms against their government, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Already been dissatisfaction. And this has really sent the young population and uh which but yeah, it seems to be focused on the young population and especially uh I, I actually I don't know about the racial breakdown or the protests and and, and, and uh the the unrest. When I looked but it up on there, my phone. There's been an eruption though, all yes. across the country. Riots breaking up, bre- breaking out. Uh, you know, cars being set on fire, stores being looted. 
very chaotic scenes, you know, in protest of this man's killing. Go ahead, Aki. I was going to say that most of the North African countries were colonized by the French. Um, so a lot of North Africans end up in North or end up in France, um, some Spain and places of that such nature. Um, one of the, the key things with that is that it's always been tensions between um, and I personally feel I, I like to call them Berbers. Everybody will call them Arabs, but I call them Berbers and they'll, they, they'll take the term too. Um, that's the largest African populations that you see in those places outside of the Africans, like from the Congo and stuff. But all of those people, when they immigrate to Europe, that's normally where they go. And it's always been tension there for a long time. It was tension there before with um, the Muslim population in the France, in the French government. And from what we, when I've seen what I've seen, and then I looked up some stuff also on um, the web, it is sort of like a, a, a racially motivated. That community has been having tensions. The, um, the North African community has been having tensions with the France government. They always have been dealing with discrimination and things like that up there in that country. So if for it to pop off, it's not surprising like that. You know, to me, and I mean, we also got to think with some of these, uh, some of these people that's probably coming from these North African countries. They just came from a time period when it was mad wars going on over there. You know, with the Gaddafi situation and the people spreading out from there. So, um, you know, justice, injustice is injustice everywhere. The same way a black man could get murdered here in America, uh, uh, a black man or an African of you know what I'm saying African stock can get murdered in you you know um you know uh respects go out to his family his mom says she you know she didn't want them riding or things of that such nature um but as I said it was already tension there this was just probably the thing that popped it off you know mm-hmm so yeah I, I think uh you know, I mean, pop off to the, to the degree where, you know, they're still in public vehicles or stealing cars off the street. Looting. Didn't they run a car up in the mayor's house? They, yeah, they ran, they ran a car up in the mayor's crib. They, and some reports said they in, injured the, the mayor's wife and child. Oh, damn. Why? And the, my, the wife and child had to escape out the back, they said. They live in gangsters. So, I mean, they, they really push. And, of course, there's a variety of opinions on it. And, you know, I, I guess somewhat I, I wonder how much of it is really about Nahil who was killed mm. and how much of it it was just general unrest yeah. from an alienated young population because you think about it look at the communities you seen where the riot was going on at. if you think about look at some of they got projects and I didn't I mean I've been getting a lot into that lately like you know Europe got projects like projects the same stuff go down it's a gang up in there they running the show and they have, you know, this was taking place in a segment of France where they have a lot of housing projects and a lot of immigrants come who who come there. You know what I'm saying? They come, that's where they go. So um, I think it was already tensions there. France been having some issues going on there anyway, period, in the last, you know, five years. This ain't the last. This, we, they had some riots probably in the last, about in the, within the last two years already before. I think it was more about the economy. But... But that was fostered too by the young folk, cause they need jobs. 
got this young population, you ain't got no jobs. And I mean, it, it really, if we put it in a global context, what's going on, you know, uh, with imperialism and these potential, well, these wars in U- Ukraine, potential wars with Russia and the U.S., potential wars with Russia and China, I mean, U- the U.S. and China, it just take the what we're seeing from the youth in, in France. Do we think that generation is going to suit up or, or, or show considerable support for the French joining the Ameri- the U.S.-led war effort against Russia? Um, it all depends on what it provides for them. Good point. Um, if 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 the uh, it's going it's the same way America right now has a strong anti uh, anti war sentiment. The youth of France and the youth of the world really has an anti-war sentiment. We didn't want no wars, you know. So you, you you would have to probably force a lot. I think all militaries, maybe outside of Russia and China's, is suffering because people don't want to. We just, you know, what I'm saying we a lot. A lot of the world is getting westernized, you know. And when you get fully westernized, you sort of get lazy. You know, it's still what you call it, the can of the Western society. So I don't know if that I don't I don't think they would, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it depends on the circumstances. If it, if it provides opportunity for them to eat and their family to eat and them to move up in the ladder in society and that's their concern. Then yeah, they'll go with that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I think that does weigh heavily. I think we have seen some reports of an increasing level of national identity in Russia mm-hmm. across the population. Yeah. In response to, you know, Western aggression mm-hmm. and the Ukraine war yeah. and, and the acts of the West and the U.S. War. And, and these sanctions, the sanctions of the West against Russia has increased even amongst the youth, their sense of Russian identity. I mean, and and. I, it, it doesn't seem the youth in, in in France, for instance, has this strong sense of national identity. Yeah. And and I want uh, even even with potential upward mobility, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Can can a generation lead a war effort without strong national identity and unity? Uh, you know how necessary is it? Because I think modern capital the global world has produced the conditions for less national yeah uh you know identifying with your nation yeah so i mean the reason the reason why is because the nation hasn't been attacked Mm. nobody's nobody's um infringing on the nation's right and see here's the catch most people give a negative sentiment safe if you compare russia and france they give a negative uh sense of what's going on in russia they make it like everybody in russia is suffering People in Russia like Russia. They like being Russian. <laughs> people in Russia like being Russians more than people in the U.S. like being you know, U.S. Americans. You know, they, you know, you have a large stock of that population, a majority stock. They like that. And so now if you have a situation where um, you know that the people that you're going, the area you're going has Russians in it, they, they pretty much are the majority in that area or a good size of the majority in that area. You probably got cousins and relatives over there. And also, the the world, the, the, the media has always been against or put tried to make Russia seem what it is, what it ain't. 
So I think you just develop that attitude like, you know what, fuck this. A China, same way. You know what I'm saying? We're going to do what we do. So you damn right, they got some pride. Whereas when is the last time France really did something militarily? Mm-hmm. A significance. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's not, they don't have that right now. Let alone from that, a good bit of France now is immigrant or mixed. Facts. So... I don't know if they're going to be, you know, that's that's the, the thing, you know, and granted, Russia got various different populations, but they formed a cohesion there. Those people been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Cusacks and all of them, they've been there for years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whereas a lot of the guys that's coming or families that's coming to France, that's coming from North Africa, some of them, be, they may be first generation. And I think some, I think some of what you're alluding to is how has Russia treated the ethnic communities present within its borders? Yeah. And how has Britain, right, and France and Germany, how have they treated minority ethnic groups within their borders? Yeah. So I, I, there might be a different. I mean, I think clearly there's mm-hmm. a different level of, of acceptance uh, between the, the parties. Yeah. And and that, and that honestly is true because. I, I, like I told you earlier, I looked at many, you know, deep documentaries, subtitled documentaries that's from Russia on Russia. And they've they literally have everything from white European to damn dear Chinese Asian. <laughs> and Russia would not would have never and the Soviet Union would have never functioned without a uh, a legitimizing view from the official apparatus towards these ethnic communities yeah where you know we see you as legitimate we're not only trying to homogenize you right Mm -hmm. and 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 this is our relationship isn't one based on assimilation yeah right yeah but you see in the west especially in the u.s yeah you know uh forced assimilation everything apart from forced assimilation is in the west is uh, co-optation for financial gain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the Russia's borders was really forced hundreds of years ago, hundreds of years ago. Peter the Great, he had the idea that he wanted to have a large empire. So he stretched it all the way over there. Damn did a China. You know, uh, that was his name, Peter the Great. You know what I'm saying? His daddy did a little bit of it too. Daddy's name was Ivan. But stretched it a little bit further and he finally got to the borders that they were at but one of the things that they talk about is that he said that he had to forge an empire like that because to have a strong nation at that time he was saying empire he wasn't saying nation to have a strong empire the people have to belong so what they've always done with their indigenous populations is that they did help modernize their indigenous population but they didn't ever move them off their land so most of the people where they at in Russia they always been there there has always been large treks of area that was not inhabited. You know, this is forest. It's just what it is. It's a bunch of forest. They carve a road through it. They got settlements so, like, you know what I'm saying, that's in places that's frigid cold. You know what I'm saying? And it's a full-fledged city there. You know, so it's weird. They take care of it. You look at them people and you be like, I can tell y'all got something in y'all. And, but they eyes, are, you know, they got the little... Asian slant in the eyes and stuff like that. It, it's, it's weird, but that's the way they are. You know, France ain't necessarily been like that. We got to remember, if, you, if we know anything about colonialism, anything about colonialism, the French was brutal. 
they was brutal. You know what I'm saying? When did they, when did the time come when they really apolo- you know what I'm saying? They was savages in their thing. So So you saying the potential name for the episode could be French chickens coming home to roof. Yeah, French chickens come French fries coming home to roof. <laughs> <laughs> French fries going in the air fry or something, cause they for real. You know what I'm saying? They savages like that. So you know what I'm saying? It it don't surprise me none. We know we we know the whole story with Napoleon and you know what I'm saying, our Haitian brothers. You know, and saying the policies that we, you know, what I'm saying they, even when you got your ass whooped, you still acted like an asshole. You know what I'm saying? And but literally put a stranglehold. You know what I'm saying? Put a stranglehold on black folk or Africans, Haitians. You know what I'm saying? In that on those islands. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it is what it is. But you know, those brothers over there are rising up. They are part of the African family. You know what I'm saying? And you know, we hope they, you know what I'm saying, achieve whatever goal. You know, sometimes you got to make a little destruction to be heard. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to test some shit, flip a table to two. Yeah, I think this is a natural reaction to the mm-hmm. state of affairs. Of course, as a revolutionary, I prefer to see any violence committed <clears throat> by the working class against the system as being, being more organized. Yeah. But... This is a natural reaction. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Organized or not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, th- like, without organization, this is a natural reaction. Yeah. Uh, what we're seeing. So uh, it's, it's not for me to condemn. Uh, how could it be for any of us to condemn what's going yeah. on there? Yeah. This is... What, well, do you, I, what do you think happens yeah. when, when, you're, when you oppress people? Yeah, yeah. And oppress... Anytime oppress rise up, in most cases of violence, it's never really organized mm-hmm. because it's on, it's in the moment. Mm-hmm. The shit happens in the moment. You know, we don't right. sit there and plot and say the next time this happens, we finna go out in the street and right. No, it happens. People go outside, they pissed off. Some pops it off, and when it pops off, it pops off. Right. And that's how it goes. You but, know. But my only point in bringing that up is, as revolutionaries, we also should not. C- celebrate riots as victories Oh no no Not a victory at all Because here it go It starts off It starts off as a riot So you got riots Rebellions And revolutions You know what I'm saying Rebellion is a lot different That's a level up You know what I'm saying The riot is spontaneous It just happened That's all emotional Reactionary Just go out there And do what you do mm-hmm. The rebellion Y'all sort of have a conversation About that man We ain't going for this shit Well no Sometimes Rebellions might be natural occurring too. I saw a lot of people describe what happened in Baltimore yeah. as a rebellion. Yeah. Because and, in the note, they had a precursor though. They seen what was going on somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That the environment was already there. But you're right. You're right. It can't happen that way. Right. You know what I'm saying? That revolution though is And I and I guess there there always always are varying levels of organization. Oh because, yeah. Because even I mean the, some brothers saying we gonna go on that block versus that block is yeah. a level of planning. In the moment, even in the midst of uh, maybe longer range disorganization, hey, you know hey, what I'm saying? That's the that's 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 the human family right there. We trying to maintain order within chaos. Sometimes the chaos, you got to bring order to the chaos. Right. See, sometimes the chaos arrives on your doorstep. That's the that's, it's human. It, that's, yeah. that's the yeah. human, human yeah. part of it. Yeah. Right? Real talk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you didn't wake up that morning thinking right. that you was gonna be throwing a cocktail bomb. <laughs> right. But you. But I guess. I just hesitate to celebrate anything, Aki, as, well, a, as a, a victory. Yeah, you know yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. like 
even with Ferguson, okay, brilliant displays of, of black solidarity. Yeah. But if it's co-opted, now we can regress for 10 years. Yeah. So so what is the celebrate about Ferguson? You know, I, I think we just have so much at this stage, t- you know, 10 years after Ferguson or, or coming up on 10 years after Ferguson. Yeah. It shouldn't be about celebration. We should if we're still in the same condition or worse condition. I mean, I agree with you there. Yeah. Um, I would say in France, this ain't a celebration. This is, for me, it's more like a, you know, it's a solidarity. It's a solidarity in the fact of that I know it's the youth and I know it's the youth rising up against the oppression Mm -hmm. that they have obviously been dealing with for a minute. But it ain't a victory. You're right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say this about Ferguson or in America and in France. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they necessarily have all the necessary or the impediments that we do have. Not necessarily as a people, but I'm talking about the bullshit that we take on. You know what I'm saying? Um, One, they operate in that North African community like a community. Mm -hmm. They move like that. The mosque is connected with them. Everybody Muslim. They go into the mosque. If... If we, if we, you'll see the organization come when the mosque gets involved. You know, that's one of the things I sometimes love about Islam. That it will come to a time that the place where the wisdom and the guidance and, and, and the spirituality come from, say, hey, you know what? Bump that. We, we, this, we, can't even, we can't even function and practice correctly and right and peacefully in this area. I, I think you're right, Aki. I think just on the Ferguson example, if it was a collection of black churches in the Ferguson area Mm. that chose the leadership versus the white liberal mainstream media that chose the leadership. Yeah. I trust the black churches. Yeah. And the black, and how, and how they would congregate the black opinion. Yeah. Versus the white hand choosing our leader. And that's what happened. Yeah, exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. So yeah, I, I agree. That uh, it got to come from us. It got to be our institutions, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's where the that's that's where the base got to reside at. So yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I keep speaking of institutions. Okay. You know, we had some controversy this week, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if you ain't heard yet, uh, you know, affirmative action has been dealt a blow. For a minute, people were saying that they overturned affirmative action. Wasn't necessarily an overturn. It was more of an adjudication in a case with the with Harvard, if I recall right, in the University of North Carolina. Right. And um, the decision pretty much came down to that affirmative action cannot be used in the case of enrollment. Race. Right, race. There we go, race. It cannot be used in admissions. In admissions. Um, and it just ruled for those two schools. Now there are some states that nat- the, that the universities naturally don't even use that. Like you know, a lot of red states they don't even honor that. Like that's not their criteria. They don't have a law set in the place. Um, but the federal courts ruled in favor of um, the um, the complainers. Um, we, I know some were Asians, some were whites. And, um, you know, I haven't really heard much 
uproar about it. When I look into it, I sort of see why not. But, you know, um, it makes me think about, you know, even if it is only re in reference to these two schools, it could be used as a, a precedent on other cases to a finally um, abolish, you know what I'm saying, that. So, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, waiting to get a little more word, but we did get a couple of words, you know? And I keep, you gonna have to tell this, I get, I, I always get in a tangent when I talk about that, that guy. No, uh, no. I think you you print you summarize what what's at hand pretty well. I think uh, this should stand. Our conversation on the topic for me stands as a preliminary conversation because I think it, it's worthwhile if you really want to analyze this to to look at the rulings themselves by the justices and see what they said. Yeah, and. Uh, because I've seen some reports that say, you know, race can still be considered if it's included in a student's like essay or part of their story or part of their background. Yeah. So I'm not sure just uh, so I'm seeing some even by the, the justices most against it, you know, them still leaving caveats for how race should be considered mm -hmm. where they're saying that these schools were considering race in a, in a way that they found improper. So I do want to do my due diligence in looking exactly on what's what. Also, we saw some reports that said Clarence Thomas's, uh, I guess, response to the verdict. And of course, he was on the conservative side of things. Uh, why he voted against it uh, or, or, or uh, you know, voted against affirmative action, right, was uh, based, well, at least partially based, uh, uh, based on his ruling. Uh, his rejection of it was partially based because he wanted a more lineage-based accounting uh, as ver versus race-based. Many and it, it seemed uh, to be alluding to lineage based on you know lineage of, of enslavement yeah. as being uh, the part of one's background that should be considered for some type of uh, affirmative action, if you will, or you know special privilege preference yeah. right um so if that's the case and i haven't heard m many of the detractors of clarence thomas mm -hmm. and of course they have their many reasons but i haven't seen many of his detractors in this moment that have seemed to read his ruling which i think i've I, it might be 200 pages i don't know if that's the full one or just his or what because multiple justices Including yeah. uh, Brown Jackson, yeah. the new uh, black, Katanji. Yeah, Katanji, the new black female justice who we spoke about before. She's also uh, wrote, of course, she was on the side affirming affirmative action, you know, saying that it should stay in place. Uh, she wrote a scathing opinion on uh, both uh, Thomas and Justice Roberts. So, uh, you know, one, I see this leading to the likely outcome of less African Americans. At some at the top colleges and universities, yeah, uh, and I'm not sure how admissions offices, which are not which, there. I mean, there's a there's a big conservative opinion out there that says we need to dwindle down the uh, number 
of staff members that work for college campuses and the government and the medical insurance industry. Yeah. Because it's so overbloated and so because uh, money consuming, resource yeah. consuming. Yeah. Uh, these apparatuses are too large. Mm. Well, I don't care how large you think the higher education system might be, or for these admissions offices. Yeah. They're being tasked with something. I don't even know how they're gonna, you know, uh, navigate it. Yeah. Uh, they would. I don't know how these university administrations are going to navigate it. Mm-hmm. Because even if you tell students, okay, you can still write race into your your essay, your entrance essay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, if race is not allowed to be considered, uh, how does that translate into admissions offices, you know, f- fulfilling the mission of affirmative action still? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if the mission is to, you know, account for these injustices based on race yeah you know i think this ruling takes away the tools for you know higher education institutions to to do that yeah so uh yeah that that but uh i'm also saying that i'm also interested in what is this lineage-based thing uh that's part of the ruling and how might that be connected i've seen some people make the connection between this ruling and the ongoing struggle for reparations in which they spoke about this ruling uh, on affirmative uh, action being a positive overall in the fight for reparations. So uh, any response to all that, Aki, uh, as far as as, as we start picking this apart more? I mean, I don't know if um, it's a victory, but it is, I think it's definitely tied into it. Um when you really come down to it, reparations, which which I think um, a good bit of black people nowadays have sort of start, start that's into that have started to get gotten understanding of how it's going to have to be some type of lineage basis on your reparations to make it legitimate, you know, um, to y'all Pacific struggle. If that's what you're fighting for, um, Clarence Thomas making this ruling. I'm not saying that he's consciously making a move that you know in that position, but I think he is sort of. I want to say I, I do think that he is sort of correct, but I think that would go deeper into the civil rights bill. You know, what I'm saying the thing that sort of popped off a lot of these different. You know, what I'm saying. Um, Policies that came later, like affirmative action, things of that such nature, because um, we know affirmative action also benefited, you know, white women um, in the workforce. Though, you know, what I'm saying, now far as in this college area, it's it's benefited white women, um, and it's been used to benefit other peoples too. We know the affirmative action was really based off the work of the Civil Rights Bill. It comes out of the Civil Rights Bill. And we know that the civil rights was technically for niggas. That's what it was. That's who it was supposedly originally intended for. It was. I, I, I just correct you in one sense. It was symbolically for niggas, but technically, it was for, it was for everybody but niggas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On, yeah. The, on the yeah. technical reading yeah. of it, yeah, yeah. We find out it was for everybody but yeah. niggas. Yeah. So you know, um, that's why I'm, I am sort of like, yeah, okay, I can see this lineage base um, understanding. Does that mean I wanted to um, knock that down? Because a lot of people were paranoid because they were thinking this was going to affect them in the workforce, which is a different, you know, 
ball game, you know, when it comes down to employment. Um, but yeah, like you said, Ikea definitely may be, um, you're not going to probably see as many um, blacks in higher school or schools of higher education, presti prestigious schools and things of that such like Harvard. North Carolina is a very high ranking university, but it's a public university. Um, and, um, and I guess I would just offer this as, as a tidbit for people to think about. For these, for elite schools, higher and, or, you know, uh, these good colleges or whatever, the research universities, whatever you want to call, you want to call it a, uh, like a, a university like University of Illinois here yeah. in Champaign right? yeah. a university like that uh, they already have trouble getting black applicants that are truly ready for the workload the typical workload at UIUC yeah and of course the bigger problem and that's the origin of that is because of the racism and the zoning and the uh you know uh, you know red zoning it, it goes all the way back to red zoning the lack of funding for black areas mm -hmm. the lack of funding for black schools the shutting down of black schools poor education in the community the racism against black children when they're in the schools by yeah. their teachers by yeah. the system mm -hmm. you know how the, their communities are policed how their yeah. fathers are locked up and kept away from them in their in their homes yeah it, I mean, it goes deep as to why black students are not prepared, yeah. right? Uh, but in a, for a different reason, uh, you know, these elite Asian students or Chinese students, for instance, that come here and apply and already academically, right? Mm -hmm. But they, they, they also need uh, some form of, I'll say, remedial education. In terms of language Yeah Right Yeah Where you know Maybe within the first year You know There's special time Special programs Special resources It's a major university effort Yeah To really teach Asian students And immigrant students That come here That got the money To come here and pay Yeah Right To teach them English Yeah At a high level Mm -hmm. And when in their first two years here, it's a lot of money, resource, millions of dollars put towards this effort. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I mean, what role? I mean, this this is ultimately the question: What role do, do higher education institutions like uh, University of Illinois or Harvard or mm -hmm. so, such and such? What what role? What responsibility do they have of supplying underprivileged students, like many working class black students? That were not given a uh, as good of an education based on where they were, were living, and thus were not prepared an, as well as a different student to come to this university. Are you willing to provide them what they need to succeed? Because they're coming with other things that's going to improve the university community. That's going to ensure that they succeed. But some things that they're lacking that. Does the, does the university have a mandate or responsibility to provide certain black working class students that? I mean, or is that going to bar them from attending? Because what Asian students lack in terms of language don't does not bar them from attending, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, I know that's a general question. I don't mean it seems, seems xenophobic at all when I ask the question. Yeah. But, I mean, there is a distribution of resources at play. Yeah. And, I mean, I think what we are asking is, I mean, African-American families who bled and built on this land. You who know built what I'm a lot of these damn universities. Who built a lot of these universities. 
you know, and, and who suffered under this regime, you know, what mandate? This is ultimately what affirmative action is, is asking as well. Yeah. What mandate do these white American institutions have to uh, account for this history and ongoing mistreatment? I mean, the reality is, is that the mandate was applied to the school system because prior to affirmative action, blacks had always been getting discriminated against. You know, Martin Delaney went to Harvard. I mean, went to, uh, yeah, he went to Harvard University and got kicked out or got put out, not even put out or kicked out. He got sent home right before he got ready to graduate because they pretty much didn't want to walk down the aisle with no nigga, his fellow classmates. You know, and of course, you know, we got the Du Boises and we have other brothers that we've always had to struggle when we got in these universities. I think back then, it wasn't necessarily... We did that more of to go there, show that we could do it. It's also some bragging rights. And we were told that that was the best education you can get and we normally wanted to be able to educate our people. And, you know... Yeah, but you correct the resources for these people because a lot of us do go to college and they're not we're not prepared. We I mean, I've heard that from numerous black professors, teachers, all of them. They all say it like, yeah, a lot of them come they not prepared for this. I mean, and I, to, to be even more precise with the language, we can say black students are typically less prepared. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're less prepared. And of course, you're going to have black... In, in that sense, you're going to have black students that succeed. Yeah. But also, you're going to have a, black, a lot of black students that do not. Yeah. And, I mean, if, especially if you look at the black uh, male... For, for yeah. The numbers for black males hmm. at an elite university at a, or a high-level public university like this one. Yeah. Uh, though, their numbers especially dwindle after their first year. I mean, you know, and I, and I put it to this. Some people, too, don't come from the living situation that would allow them the comfortability. Um, exactly. That's that's one big factor of it. Yeah. That's the, but, uh, two, and I can say this. I think sometimes we may push our children towards that type of education when really they was better off going to trade school. And Aki, I'm happy, and I'm about to have you speak more on that, but I'm happy that maybe we can end shifting it towards that conversation mm -hmm. because that's also I think part of the nationalist or separatist type of response to this ruling you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying especially with all the pending disasters facing our people yeah coming up in the next 50 years yeah you know how worthwhile is higher education yeah how worthwhile is certain scholarly pursuits because mm -hmm. certainly so, some of this shit is just a business for some of these colleges and universities yeah, yeah. and they're not even really caring about do you have a job that can really meet your needs with the degree that we're gonna charge you all this money for yeah so no I, I think you're asking a good question uh, mm -hmm. as far as um, that being part of the working class response as well I mean this don't I mean I, I say this I keep I'm over people at the job manage people at the gig right and so I encounter in the U of I town so I encounter a lot of Young people, they go into school. They go into the University of Illinois. And, of course, I'm in the truck with them, chit-chat with them. I ask them questions. I, always ask, I ask them all the same question. What you going to school for? What you going to school for? And 
I'm going to say this real. I talked to the white dude. What you going to school for? Engineer. Asked the white girl, what you going to school for? Biology. Asked the brother, what you going to school for? Criminal justice. I say, yeah, I can fuck with that, though. You trying to get the brothers out of the system. Things that's such nature. Okay, I say, yeah, you can take that in the nationalist way. But then you get to the sister or the brother. Most often, brother and sisters, they, they'll tell you something with the psychology. You know, um, a liberal arts degree to some extent. No, no applied sciences, you know. Um, and, they, and, they'll, and they'll be struggling. They'll tell me they struggling. They, I just met them. They'd be like, man, I'm struggling up there, man. That shit crazy. The math. The math, they be in the, the math, I be like, yo, you going for engineering, man. It's a lot of math, you know what I'm saying? You try to encourage them and things of that such nature. And sometimes it could just be that they dealing with a hard subject and it may be a subject that they having a hard time with. Oh, I, I can I can tell you from experience that my struggles with math led me in certain directions in my academic pursuits. <laughs> when, when I started out as an undergrad student, I was first started out going for a business degree. Mm-hmm. And math kicked my... I started out in not even the math I needed, but mm. uh, the math I took, college algebra kicked my ass. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, after I, I changed it from business, I tried to do computer science. You know what I'm saying? Something that would have been hella useful right now, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, I couldn't make it through those classes neither. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So uh, well, during undergrad, and a lot of it was... You know, I wasn't prepared or didn't apply myself to, you know, get those skills or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. I, I guess, like, I, I didn't apply myself as a high school student at all, yeah. you know, to the degree. I, I was a C student in high school, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But, but yeah, I think uh, computer science, I dropped out of that. And then I went to sociology, you know what I'm saying? Something uh, my grandparents, for instance, they was asked, like, what, what are you going to do with that? What is sociology? Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They still periodically ask me those questions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, my, I need my, to know. My, my minor was in anthropology. And of course, I'm t- I did take these pursuits in a nationalist direction. I want to understand the plot of my people. I, once I got introduced to sociology as an undergrad, as, oh, I can study, uh, you know, at, on a society level, what's going on with black people, that mm-hmm. interested me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I didn't, I, w- I wasn't introduced to that, that that was a, a pursuit that I could take on until, you know what I'm saying, my junior year. Yeah. When I made that switch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that that definitely, uh, you know, struggles with math affected my path. It's real. I, I mean, and so, you know, we're talking about, like we said, we come from communities with a lot of poverty, poor education. Uh, they just pretty much push kids in and out of high school. Either they push you out of high school towards the prison system or the streets or... They just push you out of high school with a diploma and you out there. And, you know, some of these programs, some of these affirmative action programs, they may, you know, let some of those students in and things of that such nature. I, I, who am I to talk about someone who gets the opportunity to go to college? You know what I'm saying? I never pursued it. But not everybody's made for that. And what I've learned is when I look around, I say every... Um, every aspect of a community or a city, right? 
uh, infrastructure of a city. There should be a black person in, in that. Whether it's the waterworks, should be a black person somewhere working up there. He ain't got to be running it. But he need to be up in there and he know what the process is, right? And at the electrical plant and, and every other place, right? None of those come from none of these real major universities except for the, the top engineering degrees that's building the plant and maintaining the plant. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the basic jobs to maintain an electrical plant, you do not need a master's degree to get. You don't have to go to university and get You can go with a two-year associate and work in an electrical plant. So... I think that, you know what I'm saying, it's probably going to make... And I think we're starting to gear towards that. A lot of black folks ain't going for these crazy-ass degrees no more like that. Some of them are, but I'm noticing they switch it up. Because half of the ones I talk to, they be in their freshman year. I already know you're going to probably switch your major by your damn junior year. By the time your junior year running, you probably ain't going to be even doing what you're doing right now. You know what I'm saying? So when they tell me that, I just, I you know, so what you going to do with that? You know what I'm saying? And they tell me, you know... You're allowed to be young and have a drink. You can't take that away from them. But, you know what I'm saying, this right here, I haven't seen as much uproar as I thought I was going to hear about it. You know what I'm saying? So, it's something that, like I said, it can be used as a precedent in a later case. You know, real talk, black people ain't really did right by affirmative action even since we had it. I mean, I don't think we've really used it to our advantage as a people. Um, taking advantage of it. Um, as I said before, a lot of it was co-opted through the civil rights bill that preceded it. You know what I'm saying? The co-optation of that really put a lot of damper into it because it, it started to benefit white women more than anybody. You know what I'm saying? It even works in college too. You know what I'm saying? We, I think the deeper problem is we've left it up to our enemy to educate our children. True. And thus our children are underprepared compared to other groups of children. And because affirmative action on the books, like all these years, it, and, and all these years, our numbers in these top colleges is still low. You still have students organizing you know what I'm saying earlier in my graduate and even during my undergraduate career, student career yeah uh, we were organizing to get more black students on campus at a small university and a big university mm -hmm. I, I, I've, I've been part of those struggles mm -hmm. you know uh, but I, I think a deeper part of the issue is the fact that these students are underprepared because imagine if instead of let's just you know throw some incorrect numbers out there but just you know quick estimates Instead of 50% of black students being prepared, right, for a, a high-level high, uh, college education, what if uh, black students came out of high school, like 95% of black students were prepared? Yeah. Because black people, we were handling it, and we were on point, and we weren't letting none of our own slip through the cracks like that, right? Yeah. Then, and let's just say it was the same higher education system. You would see more black students admitted into into these colleges. Yeah, and then the conversation would be different. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, some of it for some universities, some of it is racism keep, keeping black students out. But in certain situations, 
it's uh it's the racist system that comes before higher education. Yep. That's keeping black students out. Yep. Uh that's keeping more black students out than I think racist, overtly racist admissions programs in the twenty twenties. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely it, it that definitely speaks to a communal issue. You know what I'm saying? Um poor education within our communities and that's because we not actually um, controlling education in our communities. And what I will say is that a lot of the complaints that I hear about um, the black youth that end up in college and they're unprepared, and this comes from black um, professors, but then I also hear from black high school teachers on how the underfunding, the, um, the, the, the pretty much militarization of the school various different things that go on in the high school learning especially in very impoverished communities they're not going to pour that much money into the school unless they got a banging ass basketball team or football team you know that's the only way schools would, um, that would suffer from that in any other situation end up making it afloat so like you know it's, it's really an issue I mean, and, and I say this too. I just thought about this. Another thing that comes into question is HBCUs. Because um, at the end of the day, whether we talk about how the HBCU was started, at one point in time, we had our own network of colleges. Still, I think it's still about 40% of the degrees that black people get come from HBCUs, you know. Um, I think that some of those they they I believe that there was black educators in those schools, which is a little different now. I can't even say that now. <laughs> those but those educators in those schools would be able to develop us a program to help those wayward students. Because one thing I will say about people who have went to HBCUs, it may have been some bad conditions concerning. Living, but it has never been that they wasn't getting sincere education where they wanted to see people prosper. Mm -hmm. And so, when we actually had that control over those HBCUs, I can't even say we do to the fullest extent like we used to then. But we we would probably and note HBCUs existed when we had a community. You know what I'm saying? When our community was together. HBCUs was in there, here in the 60s and the 50s and the things that have such nature. So, you know, you would have your alternative. We wasn't necessarily pushing to get up in these universities. We had universe, we had a university network that we can go through, you know what I'm saying, to get our education. And I know for sure that a lot of students probably came to Tuskegee underdeveloped. Cause some of them came out of slavery. I know the ones who went to um, Hall, I mean Howard, and the ones who went up to uh, what's my joint Hampton. You know what I'm saying? There's probably plenty of people that went up to those universities underdeveloped, and those are some of the the high-ranking black universities, and they could probably still get some type of help to get them on the level. But what hurts those universities is they don't get the funding. And, they, and what's killing a lot of them to this day is that they don't get the funding. I don't think they get the funding from the state, which I really don't give a shit about them getting funding from the state. I'm more concerned about us funding. We fund them, we can control them. So, you know what I'm saying? 
even though we had this legislation of affirmative action in play, and I do believe that we didn't take advantage of it, you know what I'm saying? Um, we got betrayed in that whole little thing like we've been betrayed before. Um, we got to we got to take our education into our own hands anyway. Like 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 I said, you know, I'm all about a, psych a psychology degree. I, I, I'm all about psychology and understanding the way the black man mind work and how he understand his surroundings. I'm all about that. I really am. But at the same time, I'm like, yo, you know what I'm saying? The shit that we need to know to be able to make a community make, like, run? Well, I think... And we need I, a little bit of both because I, we need the the cultural aspect for me comes with that that study of black psychology, that right. study of, the, you know, uh, black history. That You know what I'm saying? That's what builds the culture up. So we need all of that shit. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we doing this pretty much for we, some... For some you know, white folk university that, you know what I'm saying, may, may not even want us there. Um, most of them got a history of shystiness against Negroes in America. I'm going to say Negroes, you know what I'm saying, because as Terrence said, lineage based. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, those, 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 that group of people right there, you know, especially when these universities was being founded. I think most people, I mean, yeah, long story short, I think things like psychology, history can be very important and are vital. I think we oh, have, yeah. I, I think as far as people with those skills that apply them to the na the black nation that yeah. we need to build is few in number. That's in and, the culture and, side. We have a, we have an urgent need for, for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we have a, 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 a not enough. There might be people with them skills, but they're not applying them to the to the nation. Like 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 we got but, an urgent skill for people, all skills right now. Right. <laughs> like right. all of them. You know what I'm saying? Because we in a dire situation. You know, we in a dire situation as people. No, I total agreement. You know what I'm saying? Total agreement. And you know, somebody's gonna go to school for you know psychology. Uh, you know, at this point. I could only encourage them to do it if they got a plan to take those skills to the community. There we go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't get my stamp on it. Of course, people are gonna do what they want to. Exactly. But uh, that's why I ask them, "What you gonna do with it?" Right. You know what I'm saying? They tell me what they gonna do with it. Okay, at least you got a plan. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Plan you work, work you plan. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, we. I mean, if we want to see more black engineers, you know. We can't complain the the current black college students. Yeah. We need to go to where the education starts at mm -hmm. and complain there. Yeah. We can't complain about what current black college students are choosing for majors yeah. because they were underdeveloped mm -hmm. by our communal inaction. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? We got to go. If we want more black engineers, more black scientists, we got to go complain uh, where the black parent-teacher association is and that black independent education movement is developing locally or regionally wherever you are and you need more involvement from the parents mm -hmm. because that's one of those missing links that's never told about you know what i'm saying if parent does not in in introduce and promote education in the house it does not matter that motherfucker ain't gonna like it you're right about that you no. know you're right about and, and, and some of these parents 
Yeah, that, we need more community outlets, community shit that even uninvolved parents can send their kids to. Yeah. Because, you know, it's doing other shit like feeding the kids yeah. and, and giving them something to do. Because yeah. I always, hey, I, I tell people, my mom was a school teacher, and one of the biggest things she still, was, well, when she taught in public schools was PTA meeting hit. You, the, the Mexican will be up in there. She can't even speak no English. She up in there. When it come down to the little black kids, you don't see their parents there. And, you know, we understand the struggle and the strife that go on in the hood and things like that. But it ain't all that. You know what I'm saying? Some of it is disinterest. Yeah, some of, some of, some of it is, is culture. It is, you know, people not. Yeah. And we got to be more interested and more invested in our the education mm. uh, if we want to produce. Um, a, a, I always say a viable Righteous, you know, generation. We want to produce somebody that's gonna contribute to, you know, what I'm saying the upliftment. You know, I think that's you're making a good point. Maybe that's could be a topic we take up again. You know, is it possible we're not currently a community that can do for self? You know, what I'm saying we need to produce a generation of yeah. black people that can do for self. Yeah, we need to be we need to be concerned with producing a generation that can do for self because clearly. We're not capable at the moment. You know what I'm saying? As far as, I mean, just how disunited our families are. You know, the, yeah. w there's a major transformation that we're going to have to undergo if we're going to be fit to survive what's coming to us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we in, we in a world where, man, AI is real. You know what I'm saying? This shit is real. So, you know what I'm saying? We need that bond. It's going to be that type of bond that's going to keep uh, if you want to say the human family together, but definitely the black family and the black community together. You know what I'm saying? Um, we talked earlier today about things that's going on in the world and in the globe. And don't think for a minute that, um, you know, we can't be touched in the United States. You know what I'm saying? We can go into third world status overnight. And, you know what I'm saying? It can be no jobs overnight. One of the reasons why we are... Um, so anti-war is because of the privilege <laughs> um, and the spoiling that capitalism does why it eats you up. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yo, you know, we got to be prepared on all levels, like you said. You know, um, we need people that say document the history, document the struggle. It's going to be people that do that. That's the catch. It's going to be people that do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It means how they get it. It's going. We're going to have that. And we're going to have to have people that's going to, you know, be prepared to take on these challenges and things. So, yeah, we definitely got to work in the hood to get this shit right. Mm -hmm. But you know what I'm saying? On that note. I, and my final word is this. Our struggle is not to make white people less racist and more accepting of us. Mm -hmm. Our struggle is to institute our worldview. Institute our worldview in the way that we feel like children should be raised into adults and function and how those adults should function as a society, how those families should function. Mm -hmm. Our worldview as Africans, as new Africans, needs to be far different from what these Europeans and Western and Amer and U.S. Americans is doing, these yeah. white Americans is doing. Yeah, it needs to be far different, mm -hmm. and that's what we need to work on institutionalizing that mm. in small ways and then big ways. Yeah. Well, on that note, I key. You know what I'm saying? 
Cause that's definitely what it got to be Collective Work You know what I'm saying To the fullest And on that note You know what I'm saying I'm gonna say Or at least I'm gonna say peace You know what I'm saying Hope y'all enjoyed the show Hope y'all enjoyed the fire You know what I'm saying As I said earlier Like, share, subscribe All major platforms We there And uh Anything else, honey? Peace. Peace.